0: Welcome to the Unprofessional Podcast, a place to explore the boundaries of work, humanity, and culture. I'm Hillary Corna, your host and founder of The Human Way. If you're ready to break out of the box, say goodbye to business as usual, and usher in a new era, one that's more human, you've found the right place. Join me and fellow unprofessionals as we dive deep on what it takes to create human-centric organizations and become fully human leaders. Welcome home. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I have been meaning to do this episode probably since the podcast started, but here we are, you know, sometimes you just need to walk the path and take the time it takes to get there. And here we are. I'm so excited to share with you the overview of the work that I do with my clients and how we execute process transformation through the PCA process. So to navigate this conversation, it's going to be really helpful for you to be looking at a visual. If you go into the show notes, you can download our approach, the PCA process. It's a one-page visual that I will be walking you through as we talk through these details. And it will be much, much easier for your comprehension if you're looking at this as I chat through. So for those that don't know, my work stems from my time with Toyota in Singapore, Um, Toyota's Asian regional office is based out of Singapore. It's called TMAP and it's Toyota Motor Asia Pacific and TMAP managed every country outside of China, Australia, and Japan within the South Pacific. So everywhere from Korea to Taiwan, Philippines, Thailand, Indonesia, Laos, Malaysia, and over to Pakistan, a total of 14 countries. And anyone who knows Toyota knows it's known for quality, it's known for process. All of that comes from manufacturing. When I started my time at Toyota, the president of the company had this vision. Well, if these are just tools and techniques, including PDCA from manufacturing, which is a widget going through a process, how can we take this and apply it to the sales side of our business, which is a person going through a process? It's not so easy because you can't control as a person as much as you can a machine or a robot, but it's a person, but the tools and techniques are still the same. You know, things like just in time, Jidoka, Mieruka, which we're not going to talk about in depth today because each one of those could be an episode in and of itself but these are just tools and philosophies that can apply the same mindset to new process, which is a customer experience. So is this work customer experience design? I don't think so. Customer experience design is its own vertical and modality, but it absolutely overlaps. It just comes from a different place. And so in today's episode, I wanna walk you through high, high, high level of the PCA process so you can see 20,000 foot level and then go into each step that you need to or want to from there as you please. So up until now, we have done solo episodes on every single step within the PCA process. If you go into the show and go down to the uh, former episodes, you'll find episodes on each of the steps. and might impetus to do this is to open source this content and to help more companies benefit from this work that I do with clients. In my business, I only work with five clients at a time. They typically stay with me for two to two and a half years. And so naturally my time is limited and I've really been wanting to expose more companies to this work to get the benefits for those that maybe I won't have availability for or are smaller and don't have the budget to do this work with my support. And so that's why we're here. So I'm gonna go through the process as a whole. As I go through this, if you're like, oh, I really wanna understand how to prioritize problems. I really wanna understand how to develop a calm strategy to announce a go live and declare that success. You can go back and look for those solo episodes on the details of each one. That was my aim for all of this. So we're now, oof, I mean, I don't know, I think 20 hours in to developing all this content for you. So please, please, please go and use as you, as freely as you please. So by now you should have downloaded the PCA process image. I'm gonna walk you through it. So PDCA, as I mentioned, comes from manufacturing. What we did was we took it into the sales operations and looked at the customer experience. Differences, it's not a widget, it's a person. It's much, much more harder to control, a lot more ambiguity, context, subjectivity, et cetera, that does not exist on an assembly line. So essentially over the last 10 plus years, I have taken what we did at Toyota and simplified it and added more structure. Now that sounds like, well, how could you improve what Toyota was doing? Which I mean, honestly, sometimes I wonder, But at that time, I mean, this was the early 2000s, not to date myself, but this was the early 2000s. And at that time, even for Toyota, it was just an idea. Like, can we even do this in our dealerships if we can do it in our manufacturing plants? So we were still testing how we managed projects, who were involved, how we facilitated them, how we executed them, how we measured results. And it was still kind of learning. At this point, that was almost 20 years ago. So just putting it out there for those that know what a goods and information flow. And if you don't go check out step one, the solo episode on understanding the current state. But back then, 20 years ago, we used to do the goods and information flow on the wall with post-its. I mean, honestly, I cannot believe it. Now we do it in cloud software. I prefer Lucidchart. doesn't really matter what tool you use. Just pick a tool and stick with it. But Having cloud software makes it so much more effective. And so I took what we did at Toyota. I came back to the States. I simplified it and I started testing it with clients to see what structure actually worked. And what you're looking at is the final outcome of basically 15 years of iterations. Now this model works. We've used it on dozens of companies. Um, who have executed go live after go live after go live. And that's why we're here is that we're finally at a point where the model is proven. And I really don't want to limit, I don't want to limit it limited to the number of companies that I can work with. So hopefully you get some benefit out of the next 10 minutes or so as I outline these steps, super high level. And then you can go into the individual solo episodes and listen to the ones that appeal to you the most or would be most helpful for you, depending on where you are. So the first step is understand the current state. And this represents the beginning of the plan stage, which is a total of four steps. So if you're looking at this image, PDCA is plan, do, check, act. Plan is steps one through four. The first one is understanding the current state. As you can see here, it's not create a goods and information flow. It's not document the goods and information flow. It's not document a process. The aim of step one is to get clear on the current situation before you can say there's a problem. What people normally do is they jump to problems and they're like, oh, we have a problem with this, we have a problem with that. But we're not actually in agreement on what it's supposed to be in the process So how can you say there's a problem? The current state, sorry, let me say that, let me put it this way. When we say a problem, a problem is the gap between the current state and the ideal state. That's the only way we can say as a company, there's a problem is saying, this is the current state. This is the ideal state. Our current state is a conversion rate of 15%. Ideal is 32%. There is a problem, right? There's a gap. When we jump just to problems, that's coming with a lot of bias, a lot of different perspectives, a lot of siloed objectives. So there's a step even before we can say there's a problem, which is understand the current state. And how we do that is by creating what's called a goods and information flow. And a goods and information flow is the, a one-page visual of the flow of goods and information over time. And this is company wide across departments, including the customer experience. And every company only has one of these. You only have one master goods and information flow that has your entire operation in one visual. And this is the tool we use to get a grasp of the current state. From here, we define what's called the ideal situation statement. And the ideal situation statement is if we had this ideal way of doing business. So in the case of one company I've worked with, they're called Mosaic. So the Mosaic way, what does the Mosaic way look like ideally? And we set this definition in three to five sentences. The Mosaic way creates a positive work environment where people refer their friends to come to work. It's a seamless customer experience where people stay with us for life and we achieve our brand promise. And it's a work culture and environment where we constantly win awards and are making an impact. Like, wow, I I just came up with that. Actually, that's pretty good. That is an ideal situation statement. Only when we have that, can we say, oh, well, based on that, where is the problem? Where's the gap between the current state and that ideal state? Oh, we're actually not a seamless customer experience. We're not keeping customers for life. People are not referring their friends, but, but up, but up, but up, but up, all the way down. Then we can say it's an actual problem. So from the get-go, it brings people together as one instead of as departments. So the first step is understanding the current state. The second step is identifying problems. And in this step, we actually, after putting together the goods and information flow, start from the beginning within Lucidchart, and we name problems that exist in the operation According to the touch point in the operation where it occurs. So we're actually saying, okay, in the discovery call, in the onboarding, in the kickoff, in the handoff, in the uh, first invoice, where are these problems actually taking place? And we name them. We don't solve for them. We don't discuss them. We don't analyze the root cause. We really, really, really focus just on identification. Step three is prioritizing problems. The question then becomes once we identify how do we actually focus on what matters the most on average in the identification step we see companies identify between 80 to 120 problems in their first go live of course they cannot tackle all that it would take a year by the time they solved it too many things would have changed and it would be completely irrelevant and so people can feel they're really excited at identifying problems and then they feel overwhelmed by how much there is to solve. So we prioritize. In this step, we have a methodology that combines qualitative and quantitative philosophies to help answer the question of which problems, if we solve them, will drive the most ROI for the company in the shortest amount of time. We call this gold mining, which is if you're cluttered with problems, like how do you surface to the top, the ones that are most valuable. In this step, we always focus on the top 25 problems. We cap it at 25 for a number of reasons that we don't have time for today, but if you wanna go into more depth, go listen to that step three episode for how we do that. But we cap it at 25 problems. And by the time we get through step three, this helps us scope our first go live of the true uniform way or the mosaic way or the trust way. And we know exactly what we're gonna tackle That brings us to the last step of plan, which is identifying countermeasures. Here we say, okay, if we're gonna solve these 25 problems, who's gonna do, what are we gonna change to who does what, when, and the tools they need to solve that problem? And these are never equal. It's never a case where 25 problems have 25 countermeasures. It's always more countermeasures than the problems because what we see is you can solve you can often need four countermeasures to solve one problem. Like let's say there's an issue in the quality of onboarding. You might develop an agenda that's standard customer facing and internal. You might develop a standardized branded deck. You might develop a call script or talking points. And so you have multiple countermeasures that help address one problem, it's never equal. So step four is actually fleshing out the details of how we're gonna solve those problems. The tools we need to do so, a checklist, a template, a deck, an automation, et cetera. And then defining a tentative go-live date. And this is, okay, based on all these changes, if we have 30 days to develop countermeasures and two weeks to train, which is roughly 45 days, our go-live date is, let's say, September 1st. And we estimate, this is much like product development, we put an estimation and then later we'll confirm it. So, steps one through four is planning. And as a general rule of thumb at Toyota, we'd always say we spend 60% of our time planning to get better results in the back end. We don't, what we're trying to eradicate is wasted effort through trial and error. That is the behavior we're trying to get rid of to spend more time on the front end and save time on the back end. And also, be more effective in the problems we're trying to solve. So once we get through step four, that brings us to the do phase. And the do phase is develop countermeasures and training development. So first, developing countermeasures is, okay, I have a fully scoped go live. We're gonna solve 25 problems with let's say 50 countermeasures. And these are the people that are gonna own them. These are the PIC of each countermeasure. In a team of 10 people, let's say you have 40 countermeasures allocated by 10 people on average four countermeasures a person. Now divide and conquer, go forth and achieve. So go write that call script, go test that template, go, you know, program that automation, go whatever they need to do to actually develop the countermeasures. At this point, there's no discussion. There's no going backwards and saying, well, when did we decide to include this? And there's no going forward in actual like implementation. It's actually the development of it. We achieve this development within 30 days. Our aim is an 80% completion rate within 30 days. And by the end of that 30 days, we're able to then confirm the go-live date and say, okay, we for sure can achieve September 1st, or we can do it earlier, or we have to do it later because maybe there's PTO or delays because of X number of reason. It's only at this stage that we confirm it. So if we move it, it's not considered a failure. If we move the tentative go-live date at this stage is not considered a failure. It's from this stage onwards that if we have to change the go-live date, it's considered like a, a learning lesson that we can get from it because it was already confirmed. Hey you, it's your host Hillary Corner here. I really hope you're enjoying this episode because it is made for you. We are going on our one and a half year anniversary of this podcast and we couldn't be here without you. So if you've loved it, if you've listened to several episodes or just one episode or little bits of multiple episodes, share the wealth and come write us a written review. I want to know what you liked about it and what you want more of. So take 10 seconds, write a written view on either iTunes or Spotify and let us know. Screenshot it, send it to me in my DMs on IG or in my email, com, so I can personally thank you. All right, let's get back to the episode. So we are in the do stage. Again, if you haven't pulled this up, download the form from the show notes and follow along. But at the end of step five is where we start to develop the training plan, which is in the master worksheet. You can also download the master worksheet from the show notes. And it's how it's the tool we use in all of our clients. We only use one master file for all of these steps to keep as simple as possible. And in that we have a training plan that then helps us do step six, which is execute on the training, which is prior to a go live, who needs trained on what? in order to go live with the new operation. This training happens within two weeks, never more. It can it can easily be less if it's a less scoped go live, but I've never seen a training done in less than a week. And then always following up to the trainings with resources the same day. These are follow-up emails that say, here's the deck, here's the recording of the call, and here are the resources that you need based on the audience of the training. This gets us through step six, which then brings us to this big milestone date of a go live. And a go live is meant to be celebratory. It's meant to be a declaration that we are no longer doing business the old way. We're doing business the new way, working towards this ideal state. We're excited for the future. It's helping us all achieve what we want. And it's a declaration. This go live, which again, we did a solo episode on and more tactical ways you can do this, but it's essentially a calm strategy to announce the new way of doing business. And it's also a culture strategy to help um, delineate between the before and after, you know, to help eradicate people saying things like, well, I wasn't there, so I didn't know we had to do it, or no one told me this type of behavior is usually because we didn't clearly communicate that from this day forward, we're not doing things the old way and we don't have a formal structure around how we do things, including the training. So a go live is super, super important, much like product development. There's no going back. And that brings us to the last two steps of the PCA process, which is check and act. Check is sustain the process and monitor results Act is standardized successful processes and both of these are the most commonly skipped steps. What I often see is companies just implement, 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 implement. And it, I mean, they run their teams thin and you never really check, like, did we want what well, did what we want to happen happen or not? Did that onboarding template work or not? Did that client success checklist or call script work or not? So the first one is checking. It's giving the people the space to breathe, observing and building culture around process. It's like walking onto a boat from land to water and stabilizing your feet. And this usually takes two to four weeks. And in that time, what you're doing is you're carrying out any follow-up training that's needed. So you might have some gaps of the training and within that two to four weeks, we try to carry uh, carry out and schedule follow-up training to help bridge those gaps of understanding. And then in standardized successful processes, once we know what we wanted to work worked, then we do two things. We update hiring and onboarding to reflect those changes because we've trained the old people, the old employees that are existing in the company but how do we train the upcoming employees that are yet to be hired? And then the second piece is we create a parking lot, which is all the ideas that were left behind, not able to be implemented for nth number of reasons. We put in the parking lot to be then considered in the next round of improvements. All right, everyone. So this completes how we use PCA in service-based businesses not, or internal operations, not just manufacturing with a lot more structure to ensure your success. Every single one of these intricate details, make sure that you get through this cycle faster and more effectively than if you didn't. There's a reason we cap it at 25 problems. There's a reason we aim for 80% countermeasure rate, a 30-day lead time, training within two weeks. Everything has a purpose and a reason. And so you cannot jeopardize this process. Actually use the Controls and the parameters to support your execution of the process. This is the difference. This type of process planning is the difference between process intention and process implementation. It's like walking into a gym and not knowing how to do any of the tools and weights and machines and lifting, versus walking in the gym and knowing all the machines, all the types of tools and 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 weights. Like and being able to structure it to optimize your results. That is the difference. Without this, you're going in blind and you'll just walk in circles and make the same mistakes over and over again. And the company will continue to suffer in the same ways it has over and over again. So the PCA process, as you know it, maybe some of you have heard of it, some of you have not, I encourage you to just let go of what you know and embrace like a new way of learning, because this is tried and true and proven over the last 17 years across dozens of companies to support service-based businesses, not just manufacturing, which is a huge myth in the world of process. So thank you all for coming along and staying with me this far. If there was one piece of the steps that you want to go deeper in, Go back to the show and go down towards the solo episodes. Anytime you see an episode title with the word solo in parentheses, it covers one of these steps and you can reference any or all of them that you want to learn more about in detail. And also we have the worksheet, a part of the show notes. So uh, please steal the worksheet, take it, run it with your team and reach out if you need help. You can reach out to team at corna.com. And if you liked this episode, please review it. Every review goes a really long way in spreading the impact of the uh, episodes as well as the podcast. So thank you so much to wrap up. I did this because I wanted more companies to be exposed to this work. I love, 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 love this work. And I have seen it time and time change teams for the better. And I feel as though from my time at Toyota until now, I am just a vessel for this message to be spread. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and I'll see you on the other side. Y'all, thanks for listening to the Unprofessional Podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate and review it. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me who you want to hear from so I can make it better for you. And subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Also, if you found yourself nodding your head, yes, multiple times today and you want to be a part of a community of wholehearted unprofessionals, then come join us at hillarycorna.com and follow me on IG at Corner. Our goal, to make the world a little more human.